Well, welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. Oh, baby. We've got we've got some stuff to say. We're gonna have some fun tonight. Let the listener hear. Oh. Uh, yes. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Yep. <clears throat> Alright, we wanted to do a, a brief rundown of all the happenings in Canada and kind of outline some of the responses to it and why they are utterly horrendous and do a disservice to uh god's word god's word uh christ christ sacrifice on the cross um the death of uh paul peter philip james john um i don't know open up a page of fox's book of martyrs turn to a name and that one, them, that, that one as well yes. yes stephen um <sighs> <laughs> all right let me let, let me try to do the the canadian recap wait what first of all you're you're in episode 23 all right counting the cost where should we land on the happenings in canada and why we should care yep that's, that's the title of tonight's uh treaties we're imploring you here <laughs> yes passionately do not follow bad leadership yep don't do it yep okay you should yeah yep (laughs) why don't you why don't you update us where where exactly do we stand with everything with the goings-ons of of these of these canadian pastors it's been such a i've seen so much interaction in um particularly in christian circles over how should we here in america feel about what's happening in the church in canada things like are they really being persecuted Things like, are they, is it just a, a dramatic show? Are these things really happening? So why don't you catch us up on uh, on some of the behind-the-scenes stuff we've been blessed to be at least uh, aware of yes. and on top of. Alrighty, so uh, briefly, briefly covering some of the happenings in Canada, we've got Pastor James Coates and Grace Life Church, uh, who was arrested and then jailed for, I believe, about 35 days um, in defiance, as as he continued to preach in his church, uh, in defiance of Alberta's uh, health restrictions. So, if I could pause briefly just for a second, when I was having this discussion with uh, somebody who is uh, not a Christian, um, uh, their concern. Yet. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, their concern was why. Why was the church open? And what I failed to mention to them was that, oh no, this had just happened in February of this year. Right. Okay. This is after the year of COVID that we'd already had. Um, and particularly in Canada where there was a sort of a revolving door of shut down, open up, shut down, open up, shut down, open up. It wasn't necessarily a straight through shutdown. And, and the shutdowns would get more severe or less severe. Whereas uh, each state... In, in the U.S. has been pretty consistent about being shut down, um, and some states have come come out of shutdowns uh, faster, and some days some states were not shut down as, as hard to begin with, um, had more light shutdowns, and then also came out of it faster. And then some some states had tremendously severe shutdowns, and have come out of them very slow, much more slowly. Uh, or you know sometimes not at all yet, but but it was a little more consistent e- in each state, right? Yes, it's it's a different it's a different happenings up there in the Canadas. Yeah. So, so this um, is after a year of all that in February. That's when this past February is when they decided to not go back to not having service, and he got arrested. Yes, arrested and jailed. Um, that's James Coates. Um, we have recently, within the past few uh, weeks, I have no idea how to pronounce his last name, but Jacob, I've just been calling it Room, Room, Roome, Pastor Jacob. I ain't got no French in me, buddy. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> Not a bit. Anyway, uh, Jacob from uh, Trinity, Trinity, I think it's called Trinity Bible Chapel, mm-hmm. um, was, they have had their um, people find. Uh, not only their leadership, but some people that have gathered and were leaving their 
uh, services have been fine as well. And um, in a, James Coates's church, Grace Life also uh, has had its property seized by the government and is now under guard by the government. Uh, in a similar fashion, Trinity Bible has also had its grounds seized and are locked out of their building as well. Um, we also have the, uh, the Polish pastor, Artur Palowski, um, who was recently arrested and detained um, for, I think, at least 24 hours. Um, and then we have uh, boots tightening around other faithful men and other faithful churches as well. There is a church um, that we've been <coughs> informed of in Nova Scotia that has been uh, begun being fined um, for having their church services open and available. So when we say fined, we, we mean like they'll, they'll, they'll finish church and be forced into like forming a line and handed out tickets. It's yes. not like, it's not like they put a fine on the door of the church. It's like each individual parishioner is being fined. And, and sometimes the, the congregants as well. And and so th- this is this is what's going on. Isn't in... a parishioner a congregant? Was I not? Did I, did I just use a fancy word? I pa- could be wrong. Parishioner. I always thought that parishioners were in a parish. I, it's a fancy church word, but it meant congregant. Well, who lives in parishes? Member. People in the churches. Oh, I thought it was. It's a more of a Catholic, Catholic term. Yeah, a Roman Catholic yeah, term. Well, RC term. No peace with Rome. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's. <laughs> uh, so that's that's what's been going on in Canada now. The response to that has. Did you mention? Uh, 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 Pastor Tim. Oh, Tim Stevens. Stevens, you didn't know. No, no Tim I did Stevens. not. Also arrested. Uh, also was arrested. Also was held in jail for several days. Um, he was recently released. He was also arrested um, after his services um, and and detained. Uh, also for opening his church, um, having his church open and available to the public. Um, in violation of in, in violation codes. of the emergency the prov- the provincial health ordinances, I believe he's also in Alberta. Uh, then you have churches like uh, Pastor Aaron Rock, uh, Harvest Bible in Windsor, right across the river from Detroit. Um, that is in Ontario. Um, they were limited to ten people. Their most recent shutdown was limited churches to ten people in the physical building. Um, their church has been vandalized. They have had, uh, roofing nails scattered in their parking lot by, uh, their community members. Um, they have also, they are also facing fines and, and legal action against, against them. Um, and many of these churches now having their buildings seized are forced to meet underground, um, in undisclosed locations, but yet they are still faithful and still meeting. So stick that to you, uh, provincial premiers. So well, let's not give away the f- give away the. F- I-, I was thinking of a phrase. Let's not give away the farm. Let's. I mean, it's pretty obvious. We've already we've already done an episode on why church is essential. We've we've been clear that the Bible is pretty clear that you. It's not optional if you're going to be a a faithful member of. A faith follower of Christ, you're going to be attending a local expression of His body. Yes. Uh, so we've been very clear about that. That it's not. Um, it, it it is essential because God says so first and foremost. So Correct. we've been we've been pretty clear on that from the get go. So I think it's pretty obvious how we approach this. <laughs> we see all of this as um, unlawful, unrighteous decrees from people who are ruling unrighteously. Yep. And so. As we've we've tried to be clear on as well, when someone is ruling unrighteously, if you support them in their unrighteous rulings, what you are doing is supporting unrighteousness. Correct. Um, and and God forbid that we, His Church, would be supporting unrighteousness. Correct. So the there are just so many of these simple, trite little responses, though, that the Christian Church is coming up with to all of this. And one of the one of the first ones, namely, is. Um, is it okay to just like are we are we to the point where we felt we could re- recapped and we can move forward? Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Um, I mean, some of the basic, the most basic one is: um, is this really persecution? Like, is this really Christchurch being persecuted per se, or or is this just an inconvenience right. that the church just needs to like just walk through this inconvenience? Right. 
that's that's one of the arguments made in uh, this article that we have up here. It'll be in the show notes by the Calgary Herald. Um, it it actually points to these churches and these pastors who have been jailed, um, and and says that uh, our brothers and sisters that face actual persecution in places like Africa and China, they would say, no, that's not real persecution. Um, and I would, uh, I would just remind them that, uh, like, what's the threshold here for persecution then? You know, Paul was jailed. The apostles were jailed. Well, well like what, hey, what were they jailed for exactly? Oh, they, they were jailed for, for preaching, for preaching, uh, Jesus life, death, burial, and resurrection. Huh, that's funny. I feel like that's very similar to what the pastors are being jailed for here. No, no. These pastors are being jailed for disobeying health ordinances, Justin. That's... If they just obeyed the health ordinances, they wouldn't be... They're still free to worship. Oh. Oh. I... I must not be understanding. (laughs) Yes, and many people aren't. Um, so, oh my gosh. so yes, the, the, that, that is one response is that, oh, this, this isn't persecution. Um, other responses range even, even far harsher than that, even condemning these men as, as heretical or as, as blaspheming the name of Christ, um, for continuing to preach and not limiting their congregations in accordance to these decrees. Now, you know, there's there's discussions to be had about about all of these things, but none of them go in these these critics' favor, <laughs> because these critics don't seem to be opening their Bibles and reading them quite well uh, with any sort of biblical hermeneutic, um, so that they can actually adequately understand what the Scripture says. And, and I pray that that is simply the mark of uh, immaturity and not an unregenerate heart. Um, quite frankly. Um, but, uh, those positions will be judged by God and I'll, I'll leave him to do that, um, in whatever way he sees fit. Um, so, so yes, there's, there's several different responses. Do you have any more responses to these types of... Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just want to clarify, um, we can, we can define persecution in a lot of different ways. So we can... We can we can rate persecution in a human from a human perspective on a on some sort of sliding scale or, or a metric if we want to, and that's totally fine. Um, what we cannot what we cannot fail to see though is that persecution is when for your faith. Now, obviously, you can be persecuted outside of faith. So we we know persecution is not strictly a Christian, even a Christian construct. You can be persecuted for any number of opinions or, or ideas, and that persecution can range from um, private ridicule to public ridicule, uh, or it, when the government gets involved, it can it can definitely so it certainly range to being arrested uh, for for holding a belief or following an act that in itself uh, isn't isn't moral or immoral, but rather the government has decided to make a law about. So that's what we're saying. So the persecution is is absolutely true. Now, I, I I certainly think that there are far worse things that can happen under persecution than what is going on right now in Canada. That is that is for certain. Correct. But what cannot be understated enough is that what's happening in Canada is a direct violation of God-given rights and God-given decrees. And because God who's given decrees and God who has given rights and his rights and decrees are being violated. That that is absolutely persecution. All right. So other other forms, other forms of of what I think is the same thing. All of this all of this uh stems from it 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 stems from the be ye nice, eleventh commandment that is so prevalent in our culture, right? Um, and and somehow we have forgotten that God is sovereign, that it is God's church, that what God makes a command when God says we are to do something, it is not do this if it's convenient, or do this unless the government tells you you shouldn't do this, or do this with whatever restriction the government places on it. That'll be fine. After all, it's them that gets to decide what certain restrictions 
should go on what is God's. Right. Um, yeah, just just ask, <coughs> just ask Aiken and his family how how disobeying God's decrees goes. I mean, it's not like he took a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was just a, a very small amount of stuff. Yeah, it was just a little bit. What's the big deal? Earth opens up, consumes him, family. I mean, like, yep. if God is... All right, look, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, I, I kind of like I kind of like this one. Um, shouldn't, I, shouldn't I obey God in all accounts? I'm called to imitate Christ and live in a way I can reach everyone. Uh, yes. Yes, you are. We are called to imitate Christ. Um, but Christ never disobeyed God's decrees. And Christ suffered and died for it. If you want to, if you want to go that route. Uh, additionally, I must obey him in all accounts and methods. Including how he calls us to worship. I mean, if, sure, sure, but when you are, but when what you're saying is making an argument against those that are trying to simply allow a church to be open, um, when they're, they're simply, they're, they're, by the way, this doesn't matter, it's, it's not the property that is the issue. <laughs> it is the gathering together of the saints. Yep. In a corporate worship service. That's the problem. Yeah, some people put... Also, it's cold in Canada. I mean, it's not necessarily easy to just gather outside. They just, they just had snow in May. <laughs> snow in May. We got, we got a video from uh, from uh, Brother Jamie up up in the great the great white north. And uh, I was like, oh, hey, it's uh, it's snowing in May. Just and another December. Oh, I mean... May. <laughs> May, May snow. snow. And let's not even talk about the churches that we're talking to in Nova Scotia, where it's like in the Arctic Circle, for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, man. So, so... Yeah, the, people put such a very such a limited a limited uh, scope on persecution when they say that it's not persecution because persecution only exists for for them for the government or officials denying our ability to preach Christ. And w while that's true, that that would be persecution. Um, that's certainly not the extent of what these governing authorities could do to us for any number of things far less on the spectrum and and that's the type of stuff that we're seeing up in canada all, all of this stuff goes back to the doctrine uh a lesson magistrates the magdeburg confession vindicate contra tyrannos all, all of these all of these principles and ultimately romans 13 historical christian works historical this christian is a, this works. Is a historical christian position this is not new right this is just forgotten <laughs> I mean, paul lays it out quite clearly in romans 13 first off God all throughout the Old Testament calls calls rulers and kings and and magistrates to rule in God's righteousness. And when they do, he has really harsh things to say through the mouths of his prophets about these unrighteous rulers. Right. Well, and when they don't rule righteously. Right, I'm sorry, when they rule unrighteously. When they rule in unrighteousness, God says that God's got stuff to say. Very bad things. <laughs> Not such, kind such as Not you will nice seek things. me. For for forgiveness, and I will give you none. It's almost like he doesn't realize he wrote the eleventh commandment, which is be nice. And we're like, God, could you be a little nicer, please? Huh. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this uh, by the way, this is all stemming. This whole idea here, uh, that that particular line that it's not persecution, or or that, or that we should just we should just uh, you know oh, obey him in a way that makes us nice, so that we can reach everyone. Um, it's which is half a bang. All of these things stem from the reality that what culture doesn't want is you to practice public worship of God. And and what they want you to want you to understand is, oh no, you can worship God, but you can worship God like in your home. Like you don't you don't bring that out of your home. You bring it you just have it in your home. And then we see through several bills that are in Canada right now and through the Equality Act here in America that what they're also going to then do is be able to turn around and say you can do that in your home, but if like you say it in the workplace, or 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 if your child says it at school, even though you learned it in the home, if it steps out of there, we'll have to call CPS. You'll have to speak to HR. You'll possibly lose your job. So so it's it's this ever increasing creep that because secular culture hates God, they they are creeping in further and further and right. further. I'd argue they're they're not even creeping in. They are galloping for control. 
um, throughout this entire pandemic, both in Canada and in America, um, or at least in New Jersey, <laughs> our our governor. I mean, California, California East, California East, and not in a, not. Well, I'm not sure what compliment that could ever be, but all the communism, none of the nice beaches. That's true. Well, we have, <laughs> we, have, be- we, have we have beaches. No offense, Jersey Shore. I apologize, but the water is much darker here. It's not quite the same. It's a um, different. So, but th- these 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 governing bodies are gaining power and control, pushing it on us, pushing it on our worship services, pushing it on our families, pushing it on how we're allowed to talk to our children about issues of of, of how to worship and gender and sexuality and identity, pushing all of these things while while we are so distracted by argue, with arguing about whether or not the Canadian church is being persecuted. There are bills that Justin Trudeau has has been able to accomplish federally throughout Canada while all of these provinces are, you know, wrapped up in COVID that are just despicable. And I know, I know just in, just in New Jersey, um, you know, our, our legislature is um, contemplating ending this emergency, but not actually ending several or many of the executive orders from the governor that he applied yeah, without the, legislative consent the throughout emergency, the emergency. The emergency executive orders. So it's like, hey, we're going to end the emergency, but we're just not going to end the emergency orders. Right. And it's like, wait a second, no, no, no. If the emergency is over, then what is no longer needed is the, the emergency, emergency executive orders. orders. See, now, all that that does, guys, I, I want you to pay attention, because this is, this is how liberty-minded people must think. That line of thinking that would allow the emergency executive orders to stay in place without the actual emergency is like allowing a bee to sting you and flicking off the bee and leaving the stinger in or having a snake bite you and removing the snake but not removing the venom that will kill you this is how we lose liberty this is how we lose freedom and this is how we lose rights and it is galloping at us it is current it is here and we must resist it sensibly lovingly but also compellingly in, in our culture, in our families, in our churches, wh- wherever we go. And let me say, when, when we... Uh, this gets wrapped up into this. Why are you so just concerned about your rights? Uh, let me just stop you there, okay? I'm not concerned about my rights. I'm concerned about God-given rights. I'm concerned about God-given liberty that he gives to man, okay? There's a big difference. Yes. This is not me standing up for my right... This is me saying, no, this is what God has given. You don't get to take it. This is the, this is, and this is the concern. This is the concern. If it's a right, okay, in any way that only applies to man, then if it's a right that man gives, it's a right that man takes. Yep. Okay. But it's, these are not rights from man. These are not man's rights. These are God given rights. These are literally gifts from the creator. And both American founding documents and Canadian charters of rights both recognize the transcendental nature of, of these human rights. This is a characteristic of Western society. And we're not talking about these things in communist China or in Russia or, or in some African nations or even some other stricter European nations. This is, these are Western ideals brought about through faithful Christian men throughout history and time that have fought for th- that have fought for these rights and therefore have since created the most free societies on the face of the earth and in the history of human uh, existence and th- that's what's being taken that, that this is what's being stripped this is why having these conversations are so important because as more and more Christians roll over and pray to the government instead of to God we the more the government realizes they can take from us and not just us from any human being from any human being i will t- i will say this and i and i will defend this and i have absolutely no problem saying this if it was a if it was a muslim imam that they were jailing for holding for holding a muslim worship service i would have the same amount of outrage as i do over pastor coates or pastor stevens or pastor palowski because these are inalienable human rights that muslim has a right to worship just like we do and you can't take that away from him just like you can't take that away from us it's the same right that they're operating under. Now, they're operating it wrongly, 
but they are allowed to operate it. God gives us, God grants that freedom. He does. Amen. Um, we are not progressing through no, this outline. No. This is, we knew this would happen. A couple other objections, just real quick. Uh, um, so it's only we're only restricting a certain number of people, and I mean, how many people do you need? Where two or more are gathered in his name, right? I mean, that's church, right? Yeah, that, that, was, um, that was used recently in a conversation that um, Justin and I were having with some very foolish people. That is not... Uh, that's not what that scripture is talking about. Um, I can only imagine the level of partiality we'd have to go into to restrict to only two or three people coming together. Uh, where, where two or more are gathered. I, I think the, I don't know that the more has any upper limit on it. Right. It, it does that mean all you need is two people to be gathered for Christ to be there? Uh, I can tell you this. Um, God is uh, is omnipresent and he is both transcendent, but also imminent. And in fact, he indwells through his spirit, all believers. So it's not a presence of God issue. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about here. Right. The, the, that passage is specifically within the context of Matthew 18 of of how to of how to lovingly discipline, lovingly uh, seek um, lovingly seek repentance from brothers and sisters that have wronged us. That has nothing that 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 has nothing to do with worshiping God in a in a worship service. It is ripped out of its context. Uh, see our previous contact podcast about proper biblical hermeneutics. That that is, you can throw that one right out, Christian, if you hear that. That is not what that scripture is saying. That is not what the context of that scripture is. You can just gently inform that person. That they need to read their Bible more, better, and seek better pastoral care. So and all of these questions are answered the same way. Um, um, why not just conform? You're causing strife by not simply conforming. Uh, I'll, there's, there's, it is so much easier to conform, of course, and to be sure. Here's the reality. I can only conform with what God has called me to conform with. Correct. And so if God has called me not to conform with a certain way, I will not conform with that. Instead, I will conform to what God has called me to. Yep. Um, the whole... The whole um, I'll, I'm going to obey him in all accounts and methods, you know, so that I can reach all. That doesn't work if you're not obeying him in all accounts. If you're rejecting part of the account where he commands you to do certain things for him as his body, then no, your 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 whole first premise is wrong. Um, uh, how many people do you really need? Where two and more are gathered in his name, right? You know, you reject that outright because the answer is, I'll tell you how many people you need. It's whoever whoever God brings to his church. It's his church. Yep. He decides, all right? And, 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 and how about this one? Uh, I'd worship from home if that gets us another shot to save someone's soul before they die of COVID. Uh, let me explain something to you. Just two, quins, two things real quick. The Lord is the one who gives life. The Lord is the one who takes life. That's number one. Number two, the Lord is the one who saves anyone. And so you're taking on a whole lot of responsibility in that statement that is not yours to take. Yes. This, this is something that has been said to us, and I pray that this person immediately opened up a nursing home ministry and started ministering to the sick, the people that are most affected by COVID. The, a great number of deaths from COVID happened in nursing homes among the sick and infirm and elderly. So I pray that this person is ministering to these people. And in our, in our episode, when we talked about why church, uh, th that church is essential, we spoke very clearly on it, issues of, of health and needing to take wisdom into account because God never asks us uh, to, to exclude wisdom from our actions. Correct. Never. Right? Never. Uh, we, 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 it, it, but we have lost the, we have, we have run to government to be our father and we have forgotten these simple acts of simply being responsible because we don't teach responsibility for any of our actions anymore. If you have a fever, stay home. Don't go to church. Don't go to work. Don't go to the gym. Don't go to your favorite sports bar. That's that's called being responsible, right? If you have to cough because you have something in your throat, cover your mouth. We're like, I just don't even get it. It's like we're like we're we're looking for ways where we can just say I'm not responsible. Here, just put a mask on. Walk around with a mask on all the time. You're never responsible again. Right. It's like it's like the, the the mask is the condom of our face. It takes away all of our responsibility from the act from the from the consequences of our actions. Ooh. And I, I just don't. Ugh. Um, See, here here's the problem. Here, here's the problem. 
Actually, you know what? Let, let's let's get to another. Let's get to another comment, and then I'll I can I can wrap up this section with a with a good hearty word. This this is my this is my favorite one that I'm hearing. Um, we're not we're not here. What we're talking about here is the is whether or not the commandment to gather overrides the commandment to preserve life. Oh my word! This is one of my favorite ones. Um, <laughs> preserve life uh, I'm just gonna throw this out here real quick um, the church in the New Testament faced penalty of imprisonment and death for meeting and gathering um, so if they were to follow the commandment to preserve life it would be very simple don't meet uh, don't meet we can't don't meet would preserve life. Yep. So make a logically consistent argument, please, if you're going to make an argument. It is logically inconsistent, right, to say in order to preserve life, we don't gather. Well, it's very simple then. Then you just maybe you just pass around letters in your own homes and you don't come together, right? Um, it's just so disingenuous. The commandment to gather doesn't override the commandment to preserve life. Yeah, since when but who al- preserves life? Since How sovereign is your God? Right. If your God commands you to gather, then your God is the one who is sovereign over your life in the first place. God's a better God than Fauci is. Oh my God, That's for darn sure. God's a better God than the CDC is. That's for darn sure. God is always a better God than a government. Always. Because a government doesn't make a bad God. God's a better God than me. Well, government does make a bad God. Government is a horrible God. Government is, but it's because none of these things are God. God. <laughs> yep. So here's, here's where, here's where I think I, I've been, I've been brooding, I've been mulling this, over. I've been chewing on it. It's disgusting. There's so much mastication. It's just, ugh. Mastication. Ma- yeah. I know. I, I got it. Okay. I, I might. I, I'm switching. I have to switch gears back. Um. Here, here's where I think the problem is. Here's where I think the problem is. We've got a lot of weak people out there, got a lot of weak Christians out there who would love for Jesus to be their savior, but are worshiping Caesar as Lord. And I think that is a huge problem. God thinks that is a huge problem. We are to render to Caesar what is Caesar's, but we are to render to God's what is God's. And guess what? Everything Everything is God's. We don't get to pick and choose what commands of God we obey. There's no command that gets set aside to do another command. That's not how God works. God is a God of order. God is a logical God. God is a God who is to be obeyed. You don't get to pick and choose, keyboard warriors. You don't get to. Stop worshiping Caesar as God. Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. And we must worship him as such, as he has called us to. And you know what? I've been called disingenuous for bringing up that God has killed people for the wrong worship of him. And it is not disingenuous. God has killed people worshiping him wrongly all throughout the scriptures. He's killed people for less, for simply disobeying or defaming his name. We have to pay attention to the word of God and what he calls us to do. And we are compelled to obey him no matter the cost. Including fines, imprisonment, and up to death. That is our call. And you know what? If you can't handle that, you should you should find a better soft God to worship. Because this is not the God for you. No, if you can't handle that, you just need to acknowledge that you're not, you're not worshiping God. You're worshiping man. It's as simple as that. And then you should repent and worship God. That's that's correct. I would never want someone to wallow in their worship of an, of an undeserving God. You, you must repent. That, that, that is your choice. Your choice is to repent. Or God will deal out the consequences of, of bad worship. And he'll deal that out even more severely to bad pastors leading bad worship. Would you like to go do, just take some quick quotes from the article and then we'll, we'll, we'll try to progress here? Sure, sure. I'll start with this one and then you read the two that kind of connect in, into the this, issues. This is the article uh, entitled um, Corbella... Quoting a person, defiant Alberta pastors defame and blaspheme Jesus with their actions. This is posted 
in the Calgary Herald up there in Canada. So that is what we'll be pulling from. The link will be in the show notes. One and of the things that really... I, you, you, if by now you can't understand why we got a little like tweaked when we saw the article and then read the article, I, I, I don't know how to help you. Um, you are calling someone out for blaspheming God who is upholding his word. Let me tell you, the judgment's a lot harsher on that person than it is for James Coates or Tim Stevens or Arthur Pulaski. All right. Uh, here's a quote. I feel very sad about what these pastors are doing. I think it gives Christianity a bad name, said Matheson, a now officially retired but still very active pastor at First Alliance Church. Thank God he is retired. Well, he's very active. And that is a shame because that thinking right there is, is that what we're going for? Is that what we're going for? Uh, how the world thinks about us? That's 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 our goal in worship, is is to make sure that the world thinks highly of us as we worship our God. Is I'm it? just really concerned because I I when I hear a statement like that against someone who's trying to be biblical and has been expressly humble during processes. In fact, I would say, with the exception of of Brother Pulowski who was very defiant initially with the the health officials, um, which, by the way, the man grew up behind the Iron Curtain. The Iron Curtain. And let me explain to you something. You don't know what that's like. You do not understand what the secret police is like. You do not understand what it's like to live in a place where you don't know if you're someone you're talking to and what you can say to them because they will rat you out in exchange for some service or benefit that they will receive, whether or not you've done something wrong or not. You don't understand what that's like. So if someone wants to bemoan his harsh rhetoric over them coming in to stop him from worshiping in a church service when he understands what that is actually like... To actually have your your ability to live freely uh, completely taken away, and he is not willing to let that happen again? No. No. He didn't pick up a knife. He didn't start stabbing the police. He didn't pull out a gun. His rhetoric was harsh because he understands what it means when that level of breach starts to take place. Yep. Um, <laughs> See, but, wait, wait, I, didn't, I had to finish my thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what I'm concerned about when pastors are like this speaking out against humble pastors trying to lead as biblically as they can is that these pastors have not saved people to the full knowledge of God, but have saved people to the, the nice God that they, they speak. Oof. And that's, that's the problem there is I don't, I don't know. And I can't judge the souls of others, but I don't know if that's the saving God. <laughs> that's the scary <laughs> part for me because, because my God is just and holy and righteous. My God is not just long-suffering. He is long-suffering with a purpose. And my God creates vessels for destruction, and it is not, uh, it's not a question. So we must be careful what God we preach if we're going to claim to preach the true God. Yep. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just, just going back to the whole, the whole idea of the Iron Curtain, the whole idea of, of these communist regimes. We're talking about, we're talking about people who, who have had. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is Pastor Palowski's experience, but I'm saying that we know that thousands and millions of people were lined up and shot in the head and buried in a ditch in these regimes. Okay? The stakes, friend, are high. These paths are the paths of totalitarianism. And totalitarian societies kill people that they don't like. Because they don't think correctly, or speak correctly, or dress correctly. Or think correctly. Didn't I say that? Did you? I don't know. I thought I, I did. I don't know. We'll catch that on a replay. Well, you know, <laughs> always worth saying it twice, I guess. How about these other quotes? Other quotes from uh, Reverend Ray Matheson here from this article. 
Oh. <laughs> That's your cue. There we go. If the authorities were asking us to deny our faith or go against the principles of Scripture, we would need to obey God rather than the government, said Matheson. This, however, has not been the case in the current situation. Health restrictions placed upon us uh, still allow us to worship God and follow all the essentials of our faith. Oh, we will discuss that phrase in a moment. Oh, we've got some we've got some hard slaps in the face for Reverend Ray Matheson. Um, by the way, our goal isn't to slack Reverend Ray Matheson in his face. Our goal is to is to approach him with uh, rebuke, repentance. We, we would like that for Ray. Yeah, Matheson. no, I, I would never slap him in the face. I might slap him in the face with oh, I these, might. these scriptures. Oh, I might go St. Nick on him. I might. I might do it. Slap and hair. Never mind. All right. Anyway. Um, we have many, many scriptures to actually uh, give to this man. Can so I just ask he... a question real quick before we go too far? The second thing you said there, uh, he said they're not asking us to deny our faith, right? Or to go against the principles of scripture. It's almost like scripture might call us not to neglect the meeting and the gathering of one another. How dare you? How dare you? Did you just grud at me? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, additionally, Matheson added, and you know, you know, you know how we feel about this next sentence. All right, live streaming church, live streaming churches are able to minister to many people who might not enter a church building. Zoom meetings have allowed churches to have in-depth discussions with others. <sighs> Online church isn't church, Reverend Matheson. Online church isn't. Church. Online church is church in the same way that Facebook uh, is real life. And <laughs> Instagram is how everyone looks. That's how online church is. Holy crap. All right. So what we wanted to get to now, finally, um, here's some activities that uh, the <laughs> activities of the church that can only be done in person. And not it's not it's not here's it's not even that so much they can only be done in person. It's that they are required <laughs> To be done at the gathering. The word ecclesia, people will say it means the called out ones, okay? That's not quite correct. It didn't mean you were called out. You were called out to a central place. The word actually denotes you were in your home. It's a civics term. You were called out from your home to gather centrally and meet together to begin to make and construct determinants in governance. It's almost like it's it's right in the name. <laughs> it, that's what it meant, okay? You were called to come out of your, your individual places and come together as one unit. Okay, just to be clear. So, uh, first up, we're going to take this as simple as possible. We'll start easy and simple with verses that were read, read, readily available that we know quite well. Uh the first one is gathering together as a duty. Okay? You cannot gather... Here's, here's what we're saying. You can't gather together if you're not a together. Together, yes. <laughs> like, literally with each other. Yes. And lined up for that, we have the well-noted and oft-quoted Hebrews 10, verses 23... No, verses 24 through 25. No, no. <laughs> 23 and 24. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. Oh, you were correct. 25. Not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more, all the more, as you see the day approaching. Gathering together is a Christian duty that should not be neglected and actually should be increasing as we see the day approaching. Amen. Well, that's one. Now, if that, let's just say, that was the sum total of all we were going to talk about tonight. Is that enough? To, to rebuke? Yeah, to rebuke these men. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know why? Because I found it in a certain book that I like to refer to as God's Word. <laughs> this is where I happened to found it. And since I happened to found it there, and that's where you would find it. If you were to look for it, then it, it's not my word. Rather, it's God's. You know what would be kind of fun? It would be kind of fun to see if Reverend Ray Matheson actually ever preached through Hebrews. It would be kind of fun to go back and see if he preached on that on that verse and what he said about it. I will not 
be doing that. But I think it would be an interesting endeavor. Yes, in the course of my time, that is one of the things of which I have none for. <laughs> but he should read it. Moving on. Number this two. Isn't, this isn't just about Ray Matheson, okay? This just happened to be the guy that they quoted in the article because he's doing social distancing, uh, all right? Because he's doing online church and he's accusing other pastors that are not, right? It, look, here's what... This if is he a, had just shut his mouth and had online church and not accused other pastors of besmirching the name of Christ, you know what? No harm, no foul. You're making a mistake, but you're over there. And, and we I wouldn't even know his uh, name. It would, no. But you know what? It would be a different name because this this is the this is a general sentiment that is being passed around throughout Canada, and it is here in America. We know this because some some of our American friends locally have shared this article and were discussing it with us, and it is their exact position, which is contrary to scripture. So yes, we we are we are responding directly to this article to these quotes. But this this is a general sentiment that is being passed out uh, um, among broader evangelicalism that must be rebuked. If you have a physical ailment and you cannot go to church at this time, or haven't been able to go to church for some time, the church should be ministering to you in your home. The church should be going to you and ministering to you. The church has always ministered to those who are infirmed or unable being at church to be together in the body by going to them. Holy crud. I just wanted to say that and clarify that because it gets lost sometimes. Hi, Mitzi. That's our, that's our guard dog. We're outside. And uh, we need a protection tonight. We the topic. She smells heresy. Given that. <laughs> Look, we all get it. You're very, you're very tough. Okay. Anyway. Let's... There's no stopping her. We might as well continue. We're just going to continue on. <laughs> The next thing is communion. Communion. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Shh. Goodness gracious. Here. Here. 1 Corinthians 11. Nope, not going to read it. 1 care. Corinthians 11, verses 23. Uh, we're going to go through 25. Here's what it says. This is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth. Who, by the way, struggled with how to actually hold communion cor correctly. Hmm. For I received from the Lord... What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, also he took the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Uh, do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes goes on into the context of uh, how you actually take it is when you come together. You come together and you take communion corporately. And I know this to be the case since what they were doing was coming together and taking communion corporately totally inappropriately and sinning instead of actually celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. Once again, it's in the name. Communion. You can't have communion without the commune. <laughs> and then it leads us to the other word of community. Right? Which is what the Church of God is. Jeez Louise. Next on the list. Baptism. I don't even... And and we're done. Can't do that. You can't... <laughs> there's no way to baptize if you're not in physical proximity. But you know what? It is possible not to baptize if you're not making disciples. <clears throat> Matthew twenty-eight nineteen words of our Lord Jesus Christ, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oh my. We are to make disciples and baptize them. Oh gee golly. There are online baptism services where it's basically a video game. You get to baptize your avatars. That's not baptism it's not what the word is yes the word baptizo uh meaning to uh, uh, dunk <laughs> to fully submerge like a ship sunk in water no offense those that sprinkle it's okay 
to be wrong. <laughs> and we see this applied all throughout the rest of the New Testament, and specifically, uh, you know, Peter, when he's preaching in Acts 2, uh, Peter, uh, Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day about 3,000 people were added then. Well, what do you know? It's almost as if these health orders uh, have not really allowed people to worship God and to follow all of the essentials of our faith. Huh. <sighs> Well, it turns out their second-order consequences don't factor in whether or not you should honor God with your life, so... Hmm. One of the other things that you can't do, um, unless you're physically present, is fellowship. Biblical, good old biblical fellowship. We'll go to Acts 2.42, and we'll read to verse 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Wait, they were what? Well, all who believed were, I think it says, I think it's a... Behind their computer screen? No, it's a French word. It's together. Together? <laughs> together. And all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people uh, that were in their household and no one else, or else they would be violating the mandates of the government. Oh, wait. Oh, that's not in there. That No, I'm sorry. It just says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that part oops happens oh, to no. a lot of people i guess unfortunately additionally when you flop flippity flop on over to romans sixteen sixteen, it says this now i warn you this gets a little spicy <laughs> romans <laughs> romans sixteen sixteen. greet one another with a holy kiss all the churches of christ greet you I brought this up in that in that conversation thread that we were mentioning uh, with some of these so some of these pastors who were accusing the, these Canadian pastors of blaspheming the name of Jesus. I brought this up and it says, "Well, that's just cultural." Okay, well, bring it into our culture. Handshake, hug, gosh, eye contact, something. You cannot do what Paul is telling them to do without physical presence. It is impossible. Impossible. Let me just do a COVID confession real quick. Can I do a COVID confession? Yes. Okay. If um, I had said no, would you not have done it? Yeah, I wouldn't have listened to you. I should have done it anyway. Oh, see. Okay. Right. I'm, glad, I'm glad you gave me the, the go-ahead. Um wonderful elderly woman on the uh, delivery route that I do and uh, she has my favorite dog on the route and the dog loves me and it's very fun um, her husband passed away uh, oh, Jesus is probably about so it's May so this would have been man alive I believe it was in the summer so this would have been last summer um, very sick uh, I believe it was cancer uh, wasn't necessarily COVID related um, but he passed away and she was sad and I have a very I have a wonderful relationship with her and and I so what do I do well I'm a hugger I hugged her, and she hugged me in the midst of a pandemic. One, because we both believe in Jesus Christ. Hmm. 
And two, because one of the things you do to express care for one another is physical contact. Namely, one of the most common things you do in our society is hug. Yep. We hug. And and I was so angry at myself because the first thing I thought of later, one of the first things I thought about when I thought of that interaction was, oh my gosh, what if... What if I gave her COVID or she gave me COVID? For half a second, I had that thought in my head. And I thought, what in God's name is wrong with you? I felt like R.C. Sproul is talking to myself. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> right? Because, no. No. The ministry, there are, th- I'm, there are things more important than the potential to possibly contract a virus. <laughs> There just are. There just are. Oh, all right. The next thing is con. Oh, this is a good one. Congregational singing. And for that, we can just turn over to good old Colossians three sixteen. Paul writes, "Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom." teaching and admonishing one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Wow. Now that wasn't... All of those... That, those pronouns are all plural, aren't they? In your hearts, gathering with one another. This is corporate singing. This isn't singing in my car... This isn't singing at home watching a TV screen. This is singing together with other believers. And we are called to do it. Ephesians 5.18 And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19 Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Literally addressing one another with song. This is because in this passage in Ephesians, uh, Paul is instructing the church of Ephesus. uh, Namely, he would have also been uh, laying stuff down for Timothy, who would be also uh, taking up the burden of, of, of setting up that church in its elder structure in Ephesus. Uh, because in the temple of Diana... <clears throat> they worshipped, which was in Ephesus, they worshipped Diana through basically drunken carousing. That's pretty much how they worshipped um, uh, Diana. It was, it was you would go, you would just get totally hammered, and you would go around carousing, loud, boisterous singing, and you'd be so drunk, and it'd be like, that. you know, how we think of a, of a drunk group of people just yelling and screaming and singing the songs loudly, and they don't really sound coherent. We were to do it in orderly ways. We are commanded here to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, all right, with the singing that makes sense and is clearly worshiping the true God. Mm-mm-mm. Do it. One of the first things to be taken off the table when COVID started? Singing. Singing. Many of our governors were instructing congregations to withhold from this command. Hmm. By the way, there's plenty of other places places in the scripture where it, it does talk about the command to sing. So this is these are not by any way exhaustive lists uh, at all. One of my personal favorites that the church is supposed to do because we don't do it and we need to do it and I, I wish the church would come around to this because in a culture that does not give or that does not take responsibility for any of its actions, there are no consequences, uh, and that would be discipline. Hmm. The, the church is called to discipline. Uh, I enjoy this particular one if you uh, simply take Hebrews ten twenty four through twenty five and just extend it to Hebrews ten twenty four through one more verse twenty six. You'll see how this uh, this command dovetails together. The idea of gathering together and also um, 
practicing discipline. So Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Picking up one more verse in verse 26, it says, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. What you do when you gather together is you are able to combat sin by stirring one another up to love and good works because you have met together not neglecting it but instead encouraging one another so that you can fight off sin additionally if you go to first timothy 5 i don't know why but tonight reading outside with my computer is like making my head pound i'm gonna add 20 20 through 21 okay i have it right here do it Paul's encouraging uh, Timothy. He says, Publicly rebuke those who sin so that the rest will be afraid. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels to observe these things without prejudice and do nothing out of favoritism. Whoa. He solemnly charges. And when and where were they supposed to do that? Like, well, where, where were they supposed to do that? Uh, this this seems to be in some type of public gathering. Huh. That seems... It's awfully irresponsible. That to me, that just seems... Uh... <laughs> also, additionally, we just threw this in here as a bonus. Pick up any of the one another's in Scripture. And it turns out you can't do them from your home couch, so... At least not as they were intended. Oh. <sighs> Um, is it possible to receive an encouraging text message or, uh, you know, stuff like that? Sure, of course it is. But all of the one another's in Scripture, and I, I can say this with 100% degree of confidence, were meant to be carried out in physical proximity to one another. Love one another, encourage one another, rebuke one another, stir one another up to love and good works. None of those authors were thinking of doing that over Zoom. None of those authors were thinking of doing that over text. Why? Well, one, they didn't have the technology. Two, because we are to be in proximity with one another so that we can do these things. Dang it. It's just so... It, it, it hurts. It hurts my heart. It hurts my brain. It might hurt my hands trying to relight this. I mean, gun. I just... Where do we... Get, don't do that. I just don't know where we get off. I don't know where we get off... And thinking we are able to dictate to God what is actually loving and, and gracious and kind. That God asked us to do things to be his body. And, and we've decided that, no, we, we only do those. We're not going to do those because it's unkind to do those. And God said, if only you knew. Yeah. If wow. only you understood what I was asking. If only, because you know what it is? It's, we're not holding, we don't hold God in the right place. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a sovereign God. It's not a sovereign God if what he actually wants us to do is optional. And and I, I just don't I don't know about you, but I just I don't want to serve that God. I want to serve the sovereign God. The sovereign God who means what he says. Yep. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to we don't get to sit behind our keyboards and judge men who are living by God's word. You don't get to do that with your thoughts and feelings. You get to do if you're going to criticize a man on scripture, you use scripture. And the scriptures are so clear. We must be together, physically present, worshiping God, singing, rebuking baptizing, communing with one another. The scriptures are so clear. You don't need a degree to decipher these things. 
You need eyes to see and the Holy Spirit himself, and you will know what you are called to do under penalty of fines and imprisonment and death. And that's what the church has done, and that's what we will continue to do. And that is, to do anything other is a stain and blemish on the Lord our God, who wrote so plainly what we are to do and how we are to worship him. God is not mysterious. He tells us exactly what we need to do to bring right worship before him. He is not capricious like that. He tells us exactly what to do, and we are to but obey. Amen. Well, I mean, we could, as you can see, we have a lot to say on this and probably could continue saying things about it for the rest of the evening. But at some point, you've got to go and I've got to go to sleep. So <laughs> we are, uh, we are again, thankful for you uh, listening. If you uh, have a second and you're willing to re- leave us a, an, an honest five-star review, we'd be thankful for it. Um, honestly, I mean, if you leave us an honest three-star review, we're just thankful for your honesty. <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. If you find us on any socials uh, where you see this posted, please feel free to comment. Um, we're open to digging feedback. We love talking with our listeners. We uh, we do, because we know that you uh, are wanting to engage over God's word and, and hard topics, and that's, uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're here to do. That's what we're all about. That's what we're all about, eh? Oh. Um, also, uh, thanks, for, thanks for supporting us with the t-shirts and uh, at the same time supporting um, churches in Canada that are indeed facing, as we've outlined here, persecution for their faith. Uh, and we will continue to do uh, the work of giving you things you can wear that carry around with you um, blatant uh, attacks on uh, cultural satanic lies uh, and also bold stands on what God says for us to do. We are very much enjoying uh, those opportunities that you've given us in that way as well. Yep. Speaking of, be uh, looking for the up-and-coming uh, Pastor Tim Stevens edition of the Carpe Fide shirt. Ooh. It's going to be hot to death from the right all the way to the left. <laughs> I don't know what reference that is, but... From hot to death, from right to left? No? Okay. Well, that's okay. Uncultured swine. Neither here nor there. <laughs> as, you, as you listen, as you share, as you go about your day, always and ever, seize, seize the, the faith. faith.